Here we go again. Thousands of air travelers have become stuck around the United States. No one really knows what caused it. Since last Friday, Southwest Airlines has had over 2,500 flight cancellations, and the why remains unclear. Last week, there was an attempt by Southwest's pilot union to block the company's new COVID-19 vaccine mandate. While some have blamed that conflict for the rash of cancellations, the union is confident that the number of pilots available to fly is the same as it was over most of the summer. And the union has decided where the blame lies, too, the corporation itself. According to a spokesman, Pilots have been complaining about the company's internal processes for four years now. But Southwest blames weather and air traffic controllers. Life can be confusing. And conflicting reports are a part of our world. But one report is sure. Christ died. Christ is risen. Christ is going to come again. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called The Call of Christ. We live in a world full of marketing. Too much marketing, I'd say. Messages are everywhere, but sometimes it's the simplest message that means the world to us. Remember the baby on board signs on the back of a car? The heart of that message is sincere. I have a precious baby in my car. Be careful. I think we sometimes tend to complicate the message of the Bible, though. Now, don't get me wrong. There are deep and profound truths in God's Word. How can they not be? They were inspired by the eternal, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent Holy Spirit. But what I'm talking about is how God came to us with a simple message from His Son. And that's the message of the Gospel. This week, we're looking at people in the Bible who were affected by this simple message. We've been inspired by the television series, The Chosen, because it gives us the chance to look at familiar gospel characters and stories with fresh eyes. Today, we're going to look at the Feast of Tabernacles, a celebration of God's liberating his people from Egypt. There was a clear message in that festival to remember how God protected his people in the wilderness for those 40 years. But when Jesus came, there was another simple gospel message as well. We'll look at that in just a moment. We'll hear an excerpt from season two of The Chosen that'll help this event come to life in our imaginations and also in our hearts. We've also been talking with the creator of The Chosen this week, Dallas Jenkins. And I asked Dallas about how he has kept this series focused on the simple message of the gospel. The show focuses on Jesus and his relationships with those around him. And here's what you see when you really explore the stories of Jesus. He wasn't interested in a political revolution. Um, Every day you hear from both sides the reasons why it's important to fight, the reasons why it's important to take a stand, to to collect our team together and we're going to, we're going to make a stand. We're going to vote in this way, or we're going to fight in this way. And Jesus really wasn't about that. Um, We'd like to sometimes think he was, I think both sides like to claim him as an endorser of their political perspective uh, when it's convenient. But when you look at the stories of Jesus, he was about the personal. 
Um, his miracles were about the personal. He was always after your heart. And he oftentimes said, I'm not about a political kingdom. I'm not about an earthly kingdom. I'm about, I'm about a spiritual kingdom. And I think being reminded of those stories, there's something sim- simple about it. There's something beautiful about just focusing on that relationship between Jesus and the people that he met. That's Dallas Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen. We're going to hear more from this special series a little later in the program. But first, I want to give you an opportunity to get all eight episodes of the Just Out Season 2 on DVD for your generous support of Haven Today. It's six hours of viewing content on two DVDs. And I know as you watch this epic yet faithful to the scriptures series, you'll be surprised as you better understand the times as well as the places where Jesus walked. Even more, you'll be pleased to re-meet people like Peter, Andrew, or Simon, the zealot, and know them in a whole new way. Why don't you call us after the program? Call us at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or better yet, go to our website. Watch the interview I shot with Dallas with a full-length, uncut interview. And then make your gift and ask for the DVD collection. Our website is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now let's start the program with somebody we've had on before. We've interviewed him. We've released a movie on his life. And here's Jeremy Camp leading us to worship. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. And here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that you're my God You're all together lovely All together worthy All together wonderful to me King of all days, oh so high
Haven Today, The Call to Christ. I'm Charles Morris. A pretty famous song there, Here I Am to Worship, sung for us by Jeremy Camp. After the Lord rescued his people from Egypt, he didn't bring them to the promised land right away. He led them through the wilderness. In fact, for 40 years, he led them through the wilderness. That pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night And as they traveled around, they lived in makeshift shelters called booths. And every year in Jerusalem, the Jewish people celebrate this wilderness wandering. It's called the Feast of the Tabernacles, or Sukkoth. And it's really a sight to see. Just this past month, this was going on in Jerusalem. I was there for it a couple of years ago. Thousands upon thousands of people creating makeshift shelters outside and sleeping in them, living in them for an entire week, a way of remembering the Lord's protection during those 40 years and celebrating his grace and the salvation he brought the people when he redeemed them out of Egypt. But there's another aspect to this celebration. Every year for those who take part, It doesn't matter if you're in the elite class or you are among the poor. People sleep outside as a reminder of their unity as a people. A reminder that the Lord doesn't receive us based on how much we have, that he can be found outside, in the dirt, with his people. And as Christians, we don't have that festival. But we do have the same scriptures, the same powerful reminder that the Lord stoops down and rescues us, rescues anyone who will call upon his name to be saved, rich and poor, yes. But there's a question here. What about those who have done evil things against us? The disciples of Jesus surely had that question as they lived under Roman oppression. Imagine what that conversation must have looked and sounded like. Well, with the help of the Chosen series... Listen to what may have taken place. With all due respect, Nathaniel, I know you're a skilled architect, but this thatched roof won't keep the rain out. That's the point. The vegetation provides shade from the sun during the day. And if a few raindrops get through, it is a reminder of our dependence on God, of his provision, and of how our people were so vulnerable in the wilderness. And he brought us through. There was a time in my life, in my old life, where I had to sleep outside. It is a good reminder of how I was delivered from that. This time of dwelling in booths is also a leveler of people. Wealthy, poor, everyone sleeps outside as equals. Well, let's be honest. Not all booths are created equal. Yes, Nathaniel, the beauty of this booth is itself an act of worship. Rabbi, I have a question. Yes, In the prophet Zechariah it is written, and everyone who has survived 
all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem shall go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Wait, what? Zechariah says that? They read that passage of the feast every year? You just don't pay attention. Well, there's a lot of readings. They sort of run together. What exactly is your question, Big James? One day, our enemies will celebrate this feast with us? Babylonians, Assyrians, Romans. the Romans, Jews and Gentiles at this table? What would have to happen for that to be possible? Something will have to change. But the boots won't mean anything to them. We're the ones who dwelt in temporary shelters while we wandered the wilderness, not them. Everyone has wandered through the wilderness at some point. If all the nations came to celebrate in Jerusalem, there will not be enough room, not by... I will not bore you with the calculations. I think it will not be Jerusalem as we know it now. Certainly not. But if Zachariah prophesied it, it will be fulfilled, right? It just sounds impossible. I know a thing or two about prophecies that sound impossible. There was a scene from The Chosen, season two. They were celebrating the Feast of the Tabernacles, eating a meal outdoors. And if you've been listening or are familiar with The Chosen, you would have heard many of the disciples in what you just heard now. But the main conversation between James and Jesus. James just couldn't wrap his head around the idea found in Zechariah 14:16. Then the survivors from all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, and to celebrate the Festival of Tabernacles. The problem, as James saw it, was that the Jewish people would be worshiping with those who oppressed them, murdered them, and even destroyed their city and temple. How could the Lord let that happen? Isn't that wrong? And another problem. The Feast of Tabernacles is all about the wilderness wandering. Why would other nations get to celebrate that? They didn't have to wander for 40 years, did they? You can hear the emotions rising. It's a hard question to answer. It's like asking an abused wife to sit and worship with her husband. It just doesn't seem right. But this is why Jesus' words are so powerful. Everyone has walked through a wilderness at some point. No, not in the same way the Israelites did for 40 years, but many, many of us have lived with suffering for more than that. Many people I've met are suffering so much right now. Everyone has a wilderness wandering. But it is there in the wilderness that the Lord can meet up with us and bring us hope and life and even healing. Everyone has a wilderness. And it's in the wilderness that we see our desperate need for the Lord. Walking through the pain and the suffering turns our eyes to the one who can strengthen us in the midst of it all. That's what the Zechariah passage is getting at. And that's what James wasn't thinking about. It's not that the nations who oppressed Israel were going to come unrepentant. They had their own wilderness, and they were coming to faith in the Lord to call upon his name and find his mercy. It's in the wilderness that we find where the Lord wants to meet us. 
and the wilderness points us back to him. We all will celebrate that feast one day at the foot of the cross. Outside the city, we are all equal. I don't have a greater claim on salvation than you do. It's the Lord who saves by the blood of Christ. We all are brought near to the Father. And by the Spirit that he poured out, we have access to worship with all his people. That's what Jesus wanted his disciples to realize in that conversation in the booth as they prepared to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And that's what he wants you and me to grasp, too. His love for all and his willingness to accept anyone back into his arms who comes with a heart of repentance and faith. The only question that remains is, where are you? Are you in the wilderness looking to the Lord to strengthen you and meet up with you? Call upon his name. Are you in the booth waiting in anticipation for the day when you will celebrate with all his people in glory? Call upon the name of Jesus. Or maybe you're in transition. You know he's sustained you. You know he's been there for you. Yet you have yet to come to him at the foot of the cross. He's there. You just need to call upon his name and find grace in your time of need. That's what Jesus is all about. He loves you. And because he loves you, he comes to rescue you. Whether you celebrate Sukkot or you don't, we can all learn about the Lord from this festival. And we learn that by the name of Jesus, we can be saved. So turn to him, call upon his name, and let him lead you through your wilderness to the place of his cross where you will find rest for your soul and help in all your troubles.
album that's called Change Your Name. That was Darlene Check and call upon his name here on this Haven Today and a program called The Call of Christ. Mary Magdalene serves as a powerful story to Christ's authority over the physical as well as spiritual worlds. Mary, we're told, had seven demons. Christ healed her. We don't have many details about this first meeting, but I like how the chosen TV series imagines what it would have been like. Mary of Magdala. Who are you? How do you know my name? Thus says the Lord who created you. And he who formed you. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. A transformative scene from The Chosen, where Jesus heals Mary Magdalene and casts out those demons that were possessing her. And that changed Mary Magdalene forever. Mary was looked down upon by her society, certainly an outcast, but Jesus took pity on her. He called her by her name, and he rescued her. And I hope we can see our story in her life as well. We were all tormented by our sins, outcasts from God's holiness. But Jesus came to us and called us by our name. I want to challenge you to think of someone who needs to know Jesus more, maybe as Lord and Savior. Perhaps it's a child, a friend, or a neighbor next door. Perhaps it's even you. Whoever it is, I want you to get the chosen TV show and watch it. You'll see the story of Jesus in a fresh and vibrant way through the eyes of people whose lives had been transformed by him, like Mary Magdalene, Peter, and the Sons of Thunder. Who were they? What were they like before they met Christ? The Chosen uses some holy creativity to speculate its way into the backstory, but it's always rooted in the gospel narrative you and I cherish so much. As you watch all eight episodes of season two of The Chosen, you and those you watch it with will see your lives in the lives of those around Christ. And I pray you and those who watch it with you will have a better understanding about the simple message of the gospel. So, for your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I'd like to send you the DVD collection, The Chosen, Season 2. Why don't you call us right now at 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you don't have a DVD player but you'd still like to partner with us to help us keep sharing the great story with many other people, you can give the DVD set to someone who would be blessed by it. I'd also like to invite you to our website. And when you go there, watch the video I shot with Dallas Jenkins in Dallas a few months back. 
or listen to our new Great Stories podcast with a full-length, uncut interview with the creator of The Chosen. And then make your gift and ask for Season 2, the DVD collection, at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow, won't you? And again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There's more than one kind of knowledge. For instance, you can know something is true in your heart without it ever really crossing your mind. And just because you know something in your head doesn't mean you really understand it. And that's especially true spiritually. Take verse 18 of Psalm 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Now you can believe that, but it's not until you actually are brokenhearted yourself that you come to know how close Jesus can truly be. And that's how Christ wants us to know him. Not just knowing about him, but abiding in him and he in you. Anchor Devotional can help you spend daily time in God's word. Try it out at getanchor.com.